Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We've had a very busy day today. Caroline Levitt was on the show. If you want to check out the wonderful trip to Iceland, you can go to gracecurleyshow.com. Click on that link. We also just had a great Grace's Goodies, which you can get your hands on at, again, gracecurleyshow.com. Click on store. But what's making me laugh is when I was talking to Caroline, I asked her about Trump's potential VP pick. And Emma, I prefaced it by saying, listen, you're the new press secretary. You know, you've got the inside track here. If there's any scoop you want to give us. And just so my listeners know, I will always do that now when she's on because she's got the inside scoop and she probably can't give it to us, but I'm always going to ask. And now the people on the Rumble Cam are writing, Grace doesn't have any inside scoop on who's going to be VP. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, of course I don't. <laughs> of course I don't. That's why I'm asking the person who might. Caroline might have that scoop for us. Hence why I'm I'm doing my job. I'm trying to get you guys a little bit of information. Information is power. Okay, without further ado, it is time for Last Call with Emma Foley. Last Call! Time now for your end of the week wrap-up with Emma Foley. It's Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go! Last Call! Last Call! Last Call! Let's go! Last Call, everybody. This is when Emma wraps up anything we might have missed over the week, um, and she lets us know what's going on. So what is going on, Emma Foley? We've got a lot going on. First, I want to give two shout-outs. One is to the March for Life in Washington, D.C. It's occurring today. It's the 50th time they've marched on Washington. Um, my brother's there, and actually he was part of Penn State pro-life group and he's leading the march so they had Penn State and he's holding a flag of some sort so I'm sure that a picture will appear on my phone very soon um but the the coverage of the march is always interesting I always loved going when I lived in Philly it was an easy three-hour trip day trip the coverage is always interesting there's either none or it looks like this (laughs) abortion rights opponents rally that's from the hill and my, I have another friend who's there, and he told me that he's staying in an Airbnb, and they they wanted to reach out and let him know that there's going to be a lot of road closures and traffic because of a First Amendment march. Wait, now, this is something that I, I give the left credit for, is the way that whatever they say as far as the narrative goes is what sticks. So instead of calling people pro-life, because that sounds positive and that sounds like something everyone should be, they say anti-abortion or anti-abortion rights. Why is that, Emma? Why does that one work and the other ones don't? Because you can't say to someone else, you're pro-abortion. They don't like that. Right, right. Uh, well, they control the narrative currently. They control a lot of the media. Um, the pictures are always of the National Mall at 6 a.m. empty, not at noon when it's full of tens of thousands of people. But if, if you can control the narrative and you have enough people saying the same thing, then the people who aren't literally in Washington, D.C., dealing with road closures and hotels that are full to the brim, then they'll believe it. 
So the Foley kids today are just making waves. Your yes. brother's at the March for Life, and, and you're tomorrow, kicking off last call. Oh, yes. And tomorrow, <laughs> um, I'll be in Manchester, New Hampshire, seeing what's up. Got my credentials for a certain someone's rally tomorrow. Ready to go. Very exciting. Really pumped about this. They're going to let you in, huh? Yeah, they're going to let me in. Are you going to get us again? This is another opportunity for us to get some scoop that we other uh, otherwise wouldn't have. I will bring you the scoop first and foremost. The key, Emma, is just to make friends. Like, start making friends right away. I've been to a rally before in kind of the the plebe section and it's it's very easy to make friends there it is and it's easy to start moving around you you meet the right person they can cut you right through you'll see caroline she can probably get you at the front maybe, of the line maybe i'll shake hands with the big guy we'll see that would be really uh, exciting you know, i'm just gonna put it out there okay okay i'm excited uh one place i will not be this year or probably ever is davos yeah. but yeah i'm not in that elite section i want to go but jared won't get us any invitations well, it's actually very hard to get to. So I found this information on LinkedIn, of course, because if you want to network, this is this is the Super Bowl of networking. This is the mecca for LinkedIn users. Um, but it's very hard to get to. Um, so there's like tra- traveling wise. Yes. So and it's also very snowy. Um, and the the hotels accommodation, two thousand eight hundred dollars per night. Do they have a group rate for everyone who's at the convention? I'm Is this sure, like a wedding type deal? I'm sure someone covers that. Do you ever find when you're doing that, when you go to a wedding and they say we have a block rate, it's never what I would think it would be. It's never as cheap as I think it should be. The hotel's getting all of these people to come for your wedding and that's the best rate we can get? I'm always expecting something like 200 bucks. Yeah, well, that's how they get you because you have to go to the wedding. You have to do it. Yeah, and you're probably going to want to stay with everybody else. Right. But at this, $2,000. Is that what you said, or $2,800? $2,800. Damn. Um, that's converted to U.S. dollars. Um, you also are going to probably have to stay outside of the tiny town. Um, Little town. Then you'll need to rent a car. You have to make sure your rental car is equipped with adequate tires because it's extremely snowy and you want to look cool you don't want to be showing up in a crap box when you're hanging out with all the hoi polloi right so you, you want to drive like a tesla or something cool exactly you also have to dress both for the cold and to look like you are part of the group cashmere yep draped in cashmere yep probably a big jacket one of those shirling something really you want to look like gwyneth paltrow in a perfect murder you know just really quiet wealth you want to look gorgeous Oh, yeah. I have my outfits planned. Just need the ticket. The altitude is 1,500 meters um, in the Swiss mountains. So they they obviously want it to be in a tiny town, really, really hard to get to in January. But you know who they did bring? They made sure that one person was there. And it's not John Kerry. It's the the Davos witch. And so so they brought this witch to kind of kick off the event. Um, Some sort of indigenous character. Are you supposed to call her a witch? That's what all of the outlets were calling her. Okay, so it wasn't you didn't decide There this. were incantations. So I'm just going with what, what everybody else is going with here. Um, do We do have some sound from the opening incantation. Um, I'll, I'll try to kind of narrate what's going on. If we could get cut 21, please. Why should I? So these are the incantations. This is when she's blowing Sounds into like her. Me last week. This is when she's blowing into her hands. 
And then she moves over. There are about six people in a panel on the stage. I didn't recognize any of them. Kind of like Gatesy-esque looking types. Yes. And now she's blowing on their foreheads with with her blessings of Is anyone wearing wisdom. masks? This feels very no. non-COVID protocol-esque. Yeah, so um, that wouldn't have... That wouldn't have flown. Or maybe it would have at, at the, the WEF, as they call it. You know what I'm starting to think? So we, we had this debate earlier this week because there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal and it said there's conspiracy theorists on both sides of the aisle who think that the World Economic Forum, when they go to Davos, that they're plotting the takeover of the universe. And in truth, they are failing miserably. Like they're, they're not accomplishing anything. And Jared has argued with me. Jared's like, no, no, no. I definitely think that they want to take over whatever. That's all well and good. But from watching this and, and hearing this woman sneeze on everyone, I don't think that they... I think you mean witch bless everyone. I'm sorry. Watching this woman witch bless everyone. I don't think that they're making huge gains here. I, I don't think we have a lot to be... Because you seem worried about them, Jared. You seem worried about that we're all... You, you say we're all going to end up in these coffin homes eating s- sludge and no one's going to have jobs and no one's going to have any motivation and we're all going to be home all day. I don't think this group is going to be able to accomplish that. They seem like they're disorganized. They seem like they lost, they lost the plot. That's what everybody says until you're in a two-meter little home with a witch blowing in your face, eating your crickets... Nobody, nobody saw it coming. I will say the the panelists look the slow boil, Grace. Incredibly uncomfortable, as, as you should. would be. Can't yes. imagine why. Do you think they knew in advance? Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have this ceremony. I, mean, I don't know if it was on the program. Like then you get your sure you expect some type of weirdo satanic stuff there, but this might have crossed even that line. I thought it was just a lot of cocktail hours and fancy. Well, snacks. they have to appeal to the indigenous climatists or whatever group she's from you know what i'm glad you brought this up for a different reason you guys know the show true detective on hbo true detective the first season was so good like it was one of the best seasons of television ever and it just came back with their fourth season and it's jodie foster and it's all about the climate and it's all about like antarctica and these climate scientists who disappear and i hate to say like they went woke but they went woke and it stinks. It stinks. And I, I just think this is what happens now. And Jared, it doesn't stink because I'm anti-woke. It just wasn't good. No, actually, uh, my, my son has a, a Sesame Street book. He has a couple of them that he loves. And one of them is Grover Goes for a Walk. And when Grover's walking down Sesame Street, he meets Murray at the bus stop. And Murray is taking the bus because taking public transportation helps our environment. I cut that part out completely. I don't even read that to him. It's just like, hey, Grover sees Murray at the bus stop. Flip the page. Hey, Abby, Cadabby, and Elmo are outside of Hooper's. Yeah. I, I will not do it. I will not read that. I support your selective him. editing. I do, too. I do, too. What else is going on, Emma? All right, so besides Davos, we've got, you know, after the end of the year, it's still January, so I really like looking at the stats that occurred all last year. So... You like to crunch the numbers. I like to, I like the the numbers to be crunched, and then I kind of read the numbers already crunched for me. So Watchdog <laughs> finds eighty one percent of all political late night show jokes in twenty twenty three targeted conservatives. Eight out of ten jokes are about conservatives. So I have a couple here from uh. that to start off twenty twenty four. 
and it's about the Iowa caucuses and they're they're not funny and I'm not sure if the they hold up signs that say please laugh but we have uh, Jimmy Fallon here this is um, let's do cut 25 some more news from the Iowa caucuses Ron DeSantis managed to beat out Nikki Haley to finish in a distant second Yep, after spending $35 million in Iowa, DeSantis cemented himself as the overlooked middle child of the Republican Party. <laughs> That's right, DeSantis beat Nikki Haley by two points, but lost to Trump by 30. His staff was like, yay? So Media Research Center analyzed yeah. 9,518 jokes told between the six major daily late night shows. And 81% of them targeted conservatives. It doesn't seem like he thinks it's funny either. And you know what else is the sad part? Because I thought about this with the Golden Globes. There's a team of people who are helping him with those. It's not like Jimmy Fallon's writing the jokes or Stephen Colbert. They have people who are paid to write these jokes. And that's the best they can come up with. And when you couple that with the fact that there is so much material in this White House. We've never had a president who deserves to be made fun of more than the current president. And instead, they spend all their time talking about Ron DeSantis. Right. He's and he's not. I the the thing with the shoes was kind of funny. But since then, he's just kind of he's very vanilla, which is a good thing, I think, for the Republican Party and especially as a governor of Florida. It's good. Keep it vanilla, please. But then you can't joke about him. Yeah, I, I would say out of all of the politicians out there right now, he wouldn't be the first person I'd be making jokes about. I would probably. I would probably direct my attention towards the guy in the White House. Emma Foley, thank you very much. Tell your brother we said have a great time today. Um, he's doing good work. We'll do. You've been waiting for it, and now it's here. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier BOGO offer is on. The Thunderstorm is a lifesaver. If you have a kitchen mishap, like I oftentimes do, and you burn some things, and maybe it starts to smell a little bit funky, you turn on the Thunderstorm, and poof, the smell is gone. It's also great for the office because i find in the office when you have windows that you can't open up the air can get kind of stale you need to keep that fresh air circulating and what the eden pure does so well is it doesn't just it doesn't try to cover up the smell jared it eliminates the smell yeah i call it the absence of smell because it really does get rid of it it doesn't make things smell flowery it's not you know a weird perfumey scent for a couple minutes and then the smell comes back no it actually eliminates the odors because it sends out those ions and that creates a super oxygen and that's what eliminates the odors and this is the bogo offer that means buy one get one so take advantage of this deal it ends on sunday get the eden pure thunderstorm air purifier today all you have to do is go to edenpuredeals.com don't forget to use code grace bogo again that's edenpuredeals.com code grace bogo this is a great device doesn't take up a lot of space it's very easy to use and it comes in handy all the time so go to edenpuredeals.com don't forget code grace bogo we'll be right back you're listening to the grace curly show This is The Grace Curley Show. We are already halfway through our Grace's goodies of Nasa Beach Inn. You still have time. I don't want to send people into a panic, but I would get on it sooner rather than later. Go to gracecurleyshow.com 
and click on store for that $200 gift certificate. You're getting it for just $100. And it's a really, really nice place to stay. And you cannot beat that price. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. She was very clear when she came on the show today. Caroline is going on this trip after the election. So don't panic. She's got a very busy job to do right now. It'll be a nice little treat for after they win. For more information, go to gracecurlyshow.com. Click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is do you think Joe Biden will win his writing campaign in New Hampshire? No. No, I don't. And I'm going to ask Kelly about that in the car crossover because we're both kind of on the same page as far as what we're more interested in. Because Howie said to me, oh, I'm looking at this poll in the Boston Globe. I think Trump's, you know, going to run away with it. And I said, I'm not really worried about Trump at all. I'm, I'm more intrigued by the Biden situation because he's got not only people who want to screw over Trump by picking a Nikki Haley ballot, but he's also got people who want to write in ceasefire. And on top of everything else, he, I would say he's already in a bad position to begin with in the fact that people have to write in his name from jump. Like right there, you open yourself up to people spelling the name wrong, getting it you know, too far off the line where it doesn't count. It really does, I guess, depend on who's reading these these ballots. So I, I don't think so. I don't I don't think he's going to win this. 84% now say no. 16% say yes. Speaking of Joe, Kevin Morris is Hunter Biden's friend. I would hope, after reading all the things he's done for Hunter over the years, I would hope that he's his best friend. Because I can tell you right now, if someone was floating me $5 million in buying my crappy artwork for upwards of $800,000, you've just graduated from regular friend to BFF. It, that's just it. That's just the way it has to be. This is from the Daily Caller. Shortly after meeting Hunter Biden at a Joe Biden campaign event in 2019, it was some Hollywood, you know, sh- schmooze fest. Kevin Morris began paying Hunter Biden's tax liability to insulate then presidential candidate Joe Biden from political liability. Kevin Morris. Now, I, I guess he's also the lawyer for the South Park guys. That's like his big claim to fame. Kevin Morris admitted he has loaned the president's son at least $5 million. Jared, who was the last person you loaned $5 million to off the top of your head? Oh, geez. I, I do it so often I can't think right now. These loans don't have to be repaid until after the next presidential election, and the loans may ultimately be forgiven. Since Kevin Morris has kept President Biden's son financially afloat, He's had access to the Biden White House and has spoken to President Biden. This follows a familiar pattern where Hunter Biden's associates have access to Joe Biden himself. As we continue more interviews, this is James Comer, this month and the next, we will continue to follow the facts to understand the full scope of President Biden and his family's corruption. So this guy, Kevin Morris, has given so much money out of, I guess, the kindness of his heart. But they have this transcribed interview with the House committee, and it's pretty juicy, the House Oversight Committee. Talk about a patron of the concentric circle art. He was keeping the H-man afloat with a whole lot of loans, $5 million at least, according to James Comer. 
And like I said, he's not just giving him money. He's buying his crappy art. He's saying that, you know, none of this can be trusted, of course. 844-500-4242. We're going to talk Dan Goldman when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. It came out today, breaking news, that Tim Scott is endorsing Donald J. Trump. And you know what I was just thinking of, Jared, is that I was critical of these candidates for a while because I felt like if you're not going to, if you're not going to criticize the front runner and if you're not going to actually try to run against him, then it all starts to feel a little bit to me like theater. But the upside of that is when you inevitably drop out and then you endorse the candidate, they haven't really said anything to put them in a bind as far as supporting Donald Trump. I would argue that in 2016, it was a lot more of a struggle to buy that people like Ted Cruz or some of these Republicans suddenly thought Trump was the best guy for the job because there was so much animosity. We had the debates. He was going back and forth with people. Everyone was pretty nice during this primary. Would you agree? Like, I think yeah, everyone, I was, mean, everyone was a lot. Everyone was a lot more careful. I mean, these these are smart people. They're all smart people. Some may be a little more delusional than others, but I think <laughs> I think all of them knew it wasn't gonna deep happen. down that yeah, this ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So I mean, especially the the outliers like Tim Scott. Um, you know, who's kind of, even during the debates, he was just kind of there, you know, it's like, all right, I'll, I'll run. I've got this push, but I know it's not happening. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take shots at the, at the big dog. Cause yeah, I think the transition now into being part of Trump's campaign and being one of his surrogates or being, you know, one of his future cabinet members is a lot easier this time around than it was the last time. Um, All right. Now, I did want to talk about this back and forth yesterday between Dan Goldman, for people who aren't familiar with Dan Goldman, he's a silver spoon congressman from New York. He's he's the worst. And he was incredibly disrespectful, I thought, to a mother, Josephine Dunn. So Josephine Dunn showed up at this House Homeland Security Committee um, impeachment hearing for Alejandro Mayorkas, head of Homeland Security. And she shows up to share her story, which is incredibly heartbreaking. She's the mother of a fentanyl victim. And she was brave enough and strong enough to share her story. And the reaction that she got, the disgust that she was served up from Dan Goldman, I found reprehensible. So let's first have Josephine Dunn explaining this and and also just laying out the fa- laying out the fact that Mayorkas didn't even bother to show up for this hearing. Like think about how think about how hard it is. To tell this story if you're the mother who has lost their child. And this guy who's getting paid, I don't even know what his salary is, but it's got to be pretty good for doing a whole lot of nothing. Can't even bother to show up and look this woman in the eye. That is how disgraceful this administration is. Take a listen to cut one. I flew from Arizona to meet him. 
and face him and ask him why. And he's not here today. I did not know that until after I landed yesterday. And he doesn't have the decency no. to even show up. That is correct. And talk to you personally. Today is my daughter's birthday. I would have much rather been home with my poor husband grieving her. I didn't need to be here today. So whatever he's doing, I hope it's more important than that. Let me say I'm sorry. Thank you. Because apparently the secretary doesn't care to show up and say that to you. No. Yeah. Um, her daughter, her 26-year-old daughter, died from fentanyl uh, trafficked across the border. And this, so that was Representative Michael McCall. He's a representative from Texas, and he was clearly very sympathetic, um, very sensitive to this woman and her testimony. What you're going to hear next is Representative Dan Goldman. And... This is a guy, he was part of the impeachment hearings. He's very, very smug. He's had a very privileged life. And what is how he always say he's on third base and thinks he hit a triple? He's very full of himself. And I want you to pay attention to the tactic that he decides to use on this grieving mother. Let's have cut two. Here, um, really to share your story, but you're being used... And as a fact witness for an impeachment um, investigation, and obviously, given you know what your experience has been, you don't have the background um, to understand what a high crime misdemeanor is and how it relates to this. And so, I, I hope that um, you're you're handling that okay. Um, come again so so i'm sorry i have to kind of take these in separate bites here when i'm breaking down just how offensive that was the the first part of that is he's telling her that she's being used so right there you're insinuating that she's not smart enough to understand she's being used god forbid she might have decided on her own that she would like to share her story and spread the word about what happened to her daughter, maybe to prevent it from happening to somebody else. Maybe this is this is her way of being an activist. It's not only the left, the far left, you know, anti-Israel people who can be activists. Maybe this mother feels like her cause is important enough to show up there. But no, no, no. According to Dan Goldman, she's just being used. And then the second part, which I'd really love to talk more about is one of the most insulting strategies that I constantly hear from these liberal politicians, which is you are too stupid to understand either what you're doing or what you're talking about or what is the issue at hand. And I say that because I felt this way talking about some of these issues before, whether it be COVID or whether it be some of Trump's legal fights. I, I find that it's easy to get intimidated by things when you're dealing with doctors or lawyers or, you know, Dan, the Dan Goldman's of the world who, who try to convince you that they're the experts and we're the sorry people and there's no way for our puny brains to understand it. Joy Reid, I think at one point was saying that most people don't understand inflation. They didn't even know what it was until Republicans started pouncing and seizing and weaponizing on it. Joe Biden told us that most people in a restaurant can't understand the supply chain crisis. And now Dan Goldman is telling this grieving mother that she can't understand high crimes and misdemeanors. 
that her brain can't understand that. It's just, it's too, too complicated for her. It's too complex. And I think that this is such, it's such a disgusting way to have this, to have any conversation. Is to try to make somebody else feel like they're not smart enough to be there. And this is how all of these politicians feel, especially these liberal politicians. They're so special. They're so, they're so highly educated. That what would this mother have to tell them? What, what could they learn from this woman? What could Dan Goldman possibly learn from somebody else, especially a conservative, I'm guessing she might be conservative, a conservative mother? You can hear the arrogance. How condescending. And I want to give major, major credit to this woman because what you're going to hear next is that she actually doesn't lose her cool. And Jared, right there, I think that is that is worthy of something. I don't know, some sort of prize. Because I think most mothers, if they had lost their child and had to deal with this ass lecturing them on what they do and do not understand, most people would be lunging across that table. They would not have the patience for it. But she knew. She knew what was going to be more effective. And this was definitely the more effective road to go. So let's have, let's have cut, we'll have cut four, please. But uh, I do want to just go through some of the uh, actions, as, as the chairman pointed out, turn sympathy into action. Um, because I assume, Ms. Dunn, you, you would agree, would you not, that it would help to stop the fentanyl trade and fentanyl trafficking from coming into this country if we had more law enforcement officers at the border and more resources and technology to stop the fentanyl from coming in. Do do you agree with that? I disagree with that because Border Patrol is now being used to make sandwiches and to screen people and let them into our country. Okay, well, so... So I disagree with you. And I, w- I want to tell you guys something right now, which I know you already know, because unlike Dan Goldman, I don't think my audience is stupid. And I know you already know all this, but we talked about this yesterday, okay? Because Jackie Heinrich from Fox was talking to Kareen Jean-Pierre, and she brought up this lie that Kareen Jean-Pierre is always talking about. And it's something that the left does a lot, where if you didn't vote for something, if you didn't vote for some like boondoggle, some giant pork package, then how they flip that is they say, oh, well, you didn't vote for this giant um, money spending package. So ipso facto, you must not want to fund the police or you must not want to fund the Border Patrol. And in reality, what Republicans are saying is, well, no, we just don't want everything else that's attached with that. Now, what he's trying to do, Jared, is the same thing. He's trying to say, well, if you want to stop the fentanyl, then surely you think we should have more money going towards the Border Patrol. And what that mother is doing is so accurate because it's like, well, no, I don't think more money is going to fix this. You have to have the will to want to stop people and drugs from coming into this country. You can put as many people, you can put as many Dan Goldmans as you want on the border. You can have more Dan Goldmans on the border than you know what to do with. It doesn't mean 
that anything's going to be tighter, that anyone's going to be safer, that national security is going to be any better. It just means you're going to have more Dan Goldmans waving people in. That's why they want more Border Patrol. It's not because they want to let them do their jobs. It's not because they want to say, oh, now your hands aren't tied. You can start you know, actually enforcing the law. They want more Border Patrol agents so they can vet people faster. And pour people into this country faster. And he's so dishonest to look at that mother and say, well, don't you think if there was more money, would you agree that if we had more money and more Border Patrol, then things would get better? Like, and that's, that's how little he thinks of her intelligence, where it's like, oh, I've got her now. She wants the border to be safer, so she's going to have to go along with my idea to put more Border Patrol agents there. And it's like, no, 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 Dan, unlike you, this woman can talk and chew gum at the same time. This woman can actually have a nuanced conversation about it. It's not that simple. It, it, this, it reminds me of when Eric Adams says, we just need billions of more dollars from the Biden administration. Throwing more money at this problem is not going to fix it. You need to want to stop it. Otherwise, we're all just wasting our time. But he really thought he had her there. He's using like, you know, his, his lawyer... His lawyers speak, oh, I'm going to get her now. Because she, obviously, she doesn't know what high crimes and misdemeanors are. Big dope. I'll be able to trick her really quick with this one. No. This woman was a lot smarter than Dan Goldman. Can I have cut five, please? So you're you're saying that the, the, so you're saying that uh, 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 you're upset because the Border Patrol is not doing uh, is making sandwiches, I think you said. So you don't think it would be helpful to have more Border Patrol officers who are charged with stopping the fentanyl trade? I would like the Border Patrol to be able to do the job that they were hired to do. Well, one way... Every Border way, Patrol sorry. officer that I have spoken to has told me that their hands are tied by this administration and Mr. Mayorkas. I've been to well, the border, sir. Have you? The have you? I, I'm, excuse me. I'm asking. The I, I'm just wondering. And the the whenever you have to say I'm asking the questions, you've lost. I'll ask the questions here. I thought he was about to say, well, you don't think you think too many people are making sandwiches on the border. So you don't think we should hire more people to make more sandwiches on the border? No, you're right, Dan. That sounds like a really good idea. L- let's hire 100,000 more people to make more sandwiches and give more people fist pumps while they cross over our border. How did we not think of that? That's brilliant. By the way, uh, I just saw a headline here. Alec Baldwin been indicted on the uh, Rust shooting. There's been a lot of different headlines about this case. And I know at one point the husband was fighting it and then the family was fighting it. It's kind of gone back and forth. Um, But I'll give you more information during the break when I print some stuff out. 844-500-4242. We will be back with the car crossover. We're going to ask Howie all about New Hampshire on the other side. Howie, actually speaking of, he got the flu recently. He got the flu shot and then he came down with the flu. The mailroom manager came down with RSV. We've had staff, we've had clients, we've had coworkers who have gotten COVID. Winter has just begun. And what you want to be is prepared because if you can nip something in the bud right when you get it, it's so helpful. I I think it can cut down on a sickness by like 48 hours if you're able to get medication faster than you normally would. And that's why I want you to have the emergency medication kit from the wellness company. 
The emergency med kit has eight, that's right, eight potentially life-saving medications. It can fight COVID, bronchitis, pneumonia, nausea, and much more. And, you know, all those things that pop up and you don't think about, and then when they hit you, you're like, oh, I'm out for a few days. This is what the med kit can tackle. You don't want to lose a week or two to any of these illnesses. You don't want to get caught flat-footed. There have been medication supply chain issues before. That's just one more reason why you need the medication supply kit and why you want this emergency med kit from the wellness company. So if you want to keep the wellness company's emergency medical kit in your medicine cabinet or even take it with you on vacation, I have your answers. You're going to order today at twc.health slash curly. Use code curly10 for 10% off. This medical emergency kit has eight prescription medications inside a compact and convenient box. So what kind of medications are we talking about here? Well, they're going to be very familiar to you. We're talking amoxicillin, ivermectin, z um, and all great things like that. Antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics, things that you know you're going to need. It comes with a 22-page guidebook, so you'll have instructions on safe use, and it's going to tackle everything. It has every scenario covered, making it like a doctor in a box. So again, if you want to order today, go to twc.health slash curly. Don't forget to use code curly10 for 10% off. That's twc.health slash curly. Don't forget to use code curly10. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I can't believe the show is almost over. We still have some NASA Beach Inn gift certificates available. Go to gracecurleyshow.com. Click on store. This is a really great deal. It's a $200 value. You're getting it for just $100. So go there quick before they run out. That's gracecurleyshow.com. Click on store. Joining us now is Howie Carr. Now, Howie, I called you earlier today and I said, I'm not worried about Trump in New Hampshire, despite what the media might be telling me. But I am curious about Joe Biden. What are the rules, Howie, with the write-in? Like, is it Nowadays, are computers tabulating this? If somebody spells something wrong, does it count? How does it well, work? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it. you know, usually they, in Massachusetts, my experience has been if someone's doing a, a serious writing campaign, they give out stickers. Yeah. So there can't be any of this BS that, you know, some guy's counting the votes and he's, he's a, the cousin of your opponent. And he says, hey, he didn't get the initial, the middle initial right. So they throw they would throw out the ballot. So you give them stickers, but I, I see no evidence that they're giving out stickers. I don't I mean, think they are. They're they're just telling people to, as I said in my column today, uh, first uh, fill out the black in the oval. And I'm just saying, most Biden voters don't know what an oval is, do they? They don't they, they don't know what Ovaltine is. 
Yeah, no, I, I was thinking the same thing about the stickers because I know in some states that they allow that and some they don't, but they must not allow it in New Hampshire, Howie, because otherwise we would have read about it in one of these articles about all these people that are going to stand outside What the makes you think places. they're organized enough to come up with stickers? They don't seem to be at all organized. They say it's meaningless and then they decide they're going to send people in. They've, they've sent in nine cabinet secretaries like that's going to fool people. I'm very curious about how this write-in is going to go. <laughs> Howie Carr is coming up next. Don't forget to go to gracecurlyshow.com and get your gift certificate to NASA Beach Inn. I'll see you all next week.